16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. is one of the greatest tennis players and one of the greatest athletes of all time. He is a 20-time Grand Slam champion. He's also a philanthropist, an entrepreneur, and one of the classiest people you will ever meet. Please welcome Roger Federer. Roger Federer himself. Nice to see you. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you. It is so good to have you here because, I mean, you, you, you have, for over two decades now, in many ways, defined a sport. You've defined how people see it. You've defined how people try and play it. You are a move. I don't, I don't know if you ever think about how amazing that is. When people will say, they'll be like, oh, I'm doing a Federer backhand. I'm doing a, you, you know what I mean? You, you've yeah. transcended the sports as well. Because tennis, for many people, is just this thing that happens somewhere and who plays it and how do they play it. <laughs> you've become larger than life. And now it has all come to an end. Before we talk about the end, let's talk about what it was. When you look back, <laughs> no, I'm, I want to talk about that. When, just when, when you look back, did you know from the beginning? Did you have an inkling? Did you look in the mirror and go like, oh, I'm going to switch this shit up? <laughs> uh, no, no, I did not know it was going to uh, turn out this good. Um, uh, I mean, in Switzerland, we don't dream this big, you know. We, we, hope, to, we hope to be good, but not <laughs> great. And, uh, and in Sports, it's probably skiing, and there's a bit of football, a bit of ice hockey, and all right. that stuff. And then tennis was coming up, and thankfully, um, we had an Olympic champion, Mark Rosé, in 92. He won the Olympics in tennis, and then we had Martina Hingis, who also won the US yes, Open at Wimbledon. Right, right. And uh, they paved the way for me a little bit to, to show me that it was possible. And then, uh, yeah, people were saying I, I could be the next Pete Sampras, and I was talented and all that stuff, but you feel like they always say that, you know, at some point. And uh, I never thought I was going to have this great of a career, so I, I couldn't be more, more excited, more happy, more proud of everything. And unfortunately, it has come to an end, but uh, it's been great. It really has been great. Yeah. It's been amazing. It truly has. You know, you, you, you talk about Pete Sampras, and I, and I think about somebody like Pete who... who is a legend in the sport, you know, who defined so many aspects of the game. And he held the record for a very long time. And then you come into the sport 
you eclipse his record in what six years it takes you and you know and Pete would talk about how you know that he got sort of tired of the sports and you know he was he was a champion he was but you had this drive and this class about you that that nobody understood you're you're a multi-generational talent as well because the the class that you came in with retired before you the next class played with you and you were still the champion and now the class that is there now still goes Roger Federer is one of the best competitors we've ever played against you know, what do you think? I would love to know how you how you found that drive. How did you keep on going? What inspired you, yeah, even when it, you had won it all? It's a it's a good question. And you know, when I was growing up, I had uh, Michael Schumacher that I would uh, look up to, who yeah. was at the top for so long. Tiger Woods, same thing. And I always thought it's impossible to do that. You know, to stay at the top for so long and have that drive. Now people ask me, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, it's normal. You just go out there, you do it again, and you try to win and again, and it's fun. And so you keep doing it. And uh, <laughs> everybody else would like to be in your shoes, right? Yes, and. Yes. Uh, and then you also have a duty to, in my mind, to represent the sport well and uh -huh. enjoy it while it lasts. And uh, I really felt like I squeezed out that lemon until the last drop and I tried my very best in the end. And it was, it was incredible. And um, I needed the likes of Pete Sampras, you know, to also show me right. uh, how it is at the top. And it's, it's tough, you know, but I feel like I made, had a lot of fun on the tour. Um, it was not just about tennis. It was also going to nice dinners with friends and I'm happy that it, I didn't take tennis almost that serious or that professional. Uh -huh. Still had that bit of an amateur twist to it. I'm a bit worried that every sport is going into such a prof professional direction, which I hope we don't lose the fun in it. Yeah, you I'd know, love to know. Important. Yeah, you, you know, that's one of the biggest things that has struck me about you in meeting you as a human being. And, and many people will say this about you. You'll meet many athletes who have dominated a sport. The sport is their life. It doesn't feel like that for you. It feels like the sport is a huge part of your life, but right. Roger Federer is still Roger Federer. You know, you're down to earth, you have fun, you meet people, you have conversations, you're living the life and you're enjoying what the life comes with yeah. in the sport. It, it, it inspires you in a different way. Do you feel like the whole sport has changed in that way? It has become like really meticulous and analytical? Yeah, more so, uh, more analytics in the game. Uh, sports science is also coming in hard. Um, it's it's okay. Um, it's it's important, you know. And when you see somebody else uh, doing something that works, well, yeah. you gotta kind of do it too, or at least try it. And then you go, you follow them, you know. And I probably I did some of it for other players or for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And now others are showing it how how it's done, you know. And of course. We live in a very uh, statistic-based world. Uh, right, you know, we yeah. love our statistics, and we love breaking records, and who's the greatest, and all that stuff. So you, you come out, you just won a Grand Slam, or you're just world number one, and the first question is, so how long you want to stay world number one? Like, what's, when are you going to win the next Grand Slam? Right, like, right. what's your next win, instead of actually enjoying it? And it's a bit of a problem, I think. We, it, it, instead of enjoying it, we have to move on too quickly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one Wimbledon victory would have been plenty for me. And uh, ended up going on and, and winning several, but it was... Um, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> several, several It was indeed. good. <laughs> several indeed. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. 
It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. When people regard an athlete as the greatest of all time, oftentimes they're only referring to what the athlete has done, you know, in the field of play, on the court, you know, on the racetrack, whatever it may be. Every single human being who, even if they don't know you personally, says Roger Federer is the greatest of all time, not just because of what he achieved in terms of numbers, but how he defined the sport. For instance, you had the record for a very long time, 20 Grand Slams, you know? Then Rafa comes along and beats that with 21. Then Novak comes along and beats that with 22. And, and yet, when you talk to them, they say, Roger Federer is who we're aspiring to, and he defines how we're trying to play it. So I'd love to know, you know, is it, is it a little bit irritating that they're using you to beat your record? <laughs> or or, or, or does, it no. stri- does it strike you that these are your greatest competitors saying, yeah, but you're still the pinnacle of what we're trying to be? No, no, no. Look, I, I've, I feel very lucky to be that guy. And I know I've been, every, every, since, since they come on tour, I've been there. So I think it's a, it's a great moment for them, you know, uh, to now show who they are without that feather halo effect, yes, me yes. being around. Right. And especially younger generation, they were not allowed to say, oh, I want to win the US Open because they were told, oh, you can't say that because, you know, Novak and Rafa and Roger, we're all playing. So they are the ones that can say that you're not allowed to say that. But uh, I think, um, you know, the, the end was uh, very emotional and to be actually uh, on such a great um, sort of a, a friendship, really, mm-hmm. with, with the mm-hmm. guys at the very end of my career, after everything that we've gone through, brutal matches, great wins, tough losses, yes. and at the end, always having this camaraderie is, is amazing. I mean, maybe just a little anecdote, because maybe people don't know, but we share the same locker room, we share the same restaurants, we usually get put in the same hotels, so we see each other all the time, and we even practice together, you know? And you see, that, that's something I think a lot of people don't yeah. know, and when I found that out, it was one of the the strangest ideas I, I had to wrap my head around. I don't think there are many sports where the yeah. greatest rivals you would think so, yeah. practice with each other. I always go like, you know, I think of like kung fu movies as a kid. <laughs> I don't want you to know my, my secrets. Definitely. I don't want you to know my tricks. Well, that, and yet you would hit with each other. You but would that's practice. why I, I ended up not practicing very much with Novak and Rafa ah, anymore. Okay, 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 that makes sense. Not so much with those guys. Right, but you'd but, play with Stan, for instance. Yeah, right? yeah, you, you, with you with a practice. lot of guys, Stan Mavrink and my, guy, my right. guy, yeah. And, and there's a camaraderie that, that you achieve. For instance, many were shocked, especially people who don't watch tennis, to see when you, know, when you were saying goodbye to the sports. So many people were sad because I think for many, myself included, we felt like we were robbed of, you know, the, the last few years, COVID robbed us of so much in our personal yeah, lives, definitely. you know, in, in societal lives, but then also in moments like this, we got robbed of two years of Roger Federer playing the game. You know, it felt like your retirement came so early. And when you did say goodbye, no, to us it did. It's just oh, like, you know. Not for me. <laughs> Your knees are telling a different story. I, I, I was hanging on. <laughs> but, but then, you know, there's, there's, there's that amazing video of 
the players saying goodbye to you. Yeah. And it's this clip of you and, and Rafael Nadal crying. We're I all mean, crying. You are crying. You are in tears. You're <laughs> bawling together. Yeah. And that, that was a special moment you. know, for you. I really think, I mean, this is a very unusual situation for us to be on the same team, number one. And... Um, so I think that changed the whole dynamics yeah. of my farewell, if you want. Then um, my, my hope was I could play doubles with Rafa, so I called him up after the US Open. And it was a very emotional uh, phone call, actually, because it was one of the first times I told somebody outside of my um, team and, and family. And I had to call him up and tell him, hey, Rafa, just before you make any other plans, I would love you to be at the Labour Cup and play maybe oh, one wow. last doubles with me. It would be wow. amazing because, unfortunately, my knee is not so good anymore. Oh. And I think it's the end, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, I'll be there. Whatever it takes. I just, um, he's now become a father. I'm so yes, happy for him. Congratulations to and, him. Yeah. And uh, we, were not, we were not sure if he was going to make it, you know, because of right. uh, the baby. So um, it was one of the first times I had to tell that story and come to terms like the career is ending. So when he showed up and... Novak was there, and Murray was there, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bjorn Borg was there, and everybody was there. It was an amazing moment, and then I knew it was going to be incredibly uh, emotional. I've always cried a lot in victory and in defeat when I was younger, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I do it. Um, but I'm happy because I remember those moments even more so because of it. And then when it was all over and I had to take the mic, uh, I knew it was going to be terrible for me, but I felt, felt like I did actually pretty good. I think you did. And, and I, I was so happy I was able to be there in tennis clothes and not like this, because that was my, in my vision, was going oh, to be a, a like horror that. show, you know, for me to be there with the mic in front of the, in the light and tell everybody, you know, this is it. It and, was home. It was and, home. And it was amazing to do it in London too, where I had so much success and, uh, and Labour Cup was beautiful. And uh, Rafa there holding my hand briefly. People thought it was... <laughs> <laughs> or I held his hand, actually. But Hands were held, it doesn't matter. It, was, it, doesn't it, was, matter. it was amazing, honestly. You know, you, you, you're going to have, and you, you will always be synonymous with the sport. You, 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 as I said, you, you, know, you cannot separate Roger Federer from the sport itself now. And, and yet, I, I was shocked to hear a story, which I don't know if it was true or not. You know, I was like, Roger Federer, everyone in tennis, you cannot, the name is synonymous with the sport, you cannot, Roger. And then someone was like, well, you know, the, Roger couldn't get into Wimbledon recently. I was like, wait, wait, that's not possible. Is Roger Federer, is this a, is this a true, is there even a semblance of truth to you? Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no, I need to understand what <laughs> it was, happened. It was actually two weeks ago. So uh, I was in Tokyo um, for uh, our sponsor, my sponsor, Uniqlo, and I came back uh, to Wimbledon, yes. actually to London, to come see a doctor for having a second opinion on my knee because uh -huh. my knee has been not great lately. And then I didn't want to tell Wimbledon that I was going to maybe be there and I didn't know if I was going to have time to go by the club got because I was going to fly got home got it, got it. to the family. So doctor appointment was done. Look on the watch. Okay, we got two hours to, to kill. So what are we going to do? Do we head to the airport or let's quickly go have tea at Wimbledon? Of course. So I'm like, course. let's go. Um, but I have not really been at Wimbledon when the tournament is not on. So, okay, so I drive up to the gate um, where usually guests come in, yes. uh, where let's say you would arrive right, right, and right, then right. you go up. And uh, 
So I get out, I tell my coach who was with me at the time, Severin, I tell him, I quickly go out and speak to the security lady, you know, I got this, you know, and then... <laughs> I, I, I did not. So, so then I get out and I'm like, yes, hello, um, I just was wondering how I can get into Wimbledon, uh, you know, where, where, where's the door, where's the gate? And she's, yeah, yeah, do you have a membership card? I'm like, uh, we have one? I, I don't, uh, because when you win Wimbledon, you become a member automatically. Okay. Uh, yes, and I, I uh, honestly, I don't know about membership cards. They're probably at home somewhere. And I've just been traveling, so I had no idea. So I'm like, no, uh, I don't have my membership card, but I am a member. I'm, I'm just wondering where I can get in. And she's, yeah, but you have to be a member. <laughs> so... I'm like, okay, this is going to be difficult here, this one. So I'm like, no, I am a member, and uh, normally I am here, so I, I, I'm, I have to start again, right? So I tell her, normally when I'm here, I'm playing. And uh, there's loads of people, and I come in in a different way, and now it's the first time I'm not here. I'm, yeah, well, the tournament's not on, and I don't know where to get in, so I'm just asking you again, where can I get in? She's like, well, I'll decide, but you have to be a member. So I look at her one last time, and I, I'm in a panic now, and I'm, I'm so sorry, and I couldn't believe, I still can't believe I say that, because I still feel bad about it, and I'd look at her and say, I have won this tournament eight times. <laughs> please, believe me, I am a member, and where do I get in? So I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh. It was, uh, so, so then, yeah. so, I get back in the car, my coach is like, oh, all good, where do we get in? I'm like, don't, don't, don't talk. <laughs> so I'm like, let's go up and around the gate. It's so like she doesn't a, let you in? No, so, oh, wow, okay. I, I, so then I go out and the, I go around on the other side. So I get out of the car and random person walks, uh, you know, uh, on the what, walkway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And said, oh, Mr. Federer, my God, I can't believe you're here at Wimbledon. Can we take a selfie? I'm like, yes, let's take, <laughs> let's take a picture. And, and, the secure, and the security guards that are there, they're like, oh, my God, Mr. Federer, what are you doing here? Do you have your membership card? I'm like, no, I don't. But is it possible to get in? Of course, we'll open the door. Let me organize it. And I walk in, and the chairman was there, and everybody, and then I was having tea for an hour. And I thought of going over to the other side and giving a wave that I was in. But... But I, I didn't do you, it. You would never do that. But it was. You uh, would never do that. It was terrible. You would never do that. You see, that's what I mean. That's that's uh, that's, and, the, and that's I, the Roger Federer. You, you, and like, when I said I won eight, Wimbledon eight times for a split second, I wasn't sure if it was eight anymore because I was. <laughs> I thought it was a seven. Was it eight? I don't know. But I said it because I never talk like this. So yeah, she, this and you, was, you know what? I, I love that both of you were in that situation because on on your side. You never talk like that. You're never that person. I've bumped, I've been with you in places where somebody, for some reason, doesn't recognize you and you don't respond as if they should recognize you. You're no, not that person. Exactly. But on her side, I believe she deserves a raise. She was gangster about she, it. She was doing it. Yeah. She was like, where's your membership card, sir? Because, I mean, you know, you know how it goes sometimes. Hey, man, they, they do their look job. Like Roger Federer. Absolutely. I don't know if you're Roger. Where's the membership card, yeah, Where is your name? Where's your picture? You don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like it was that a good. lot. It was good. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. 
The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. What, what I've enjoyed about, about knowing you is we, we, we have so many things in common. You, you may not know this as, as an audience, but, uh, you know, like Roger and I, we have many things in common. We, uh, we both, we both uh, are half Swiss, half South African. That's right. Yeah, we're both half Swiss, half South African. We, we both uh, speak multiple languages. Uh, we both played at the, the record holding, you know, I think yeah, it's the we, the... we both play tennis. Right, we both play tennis. We do, we do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the world record for the highest attendance for a tennis match. That we might still hold so, it. Yeah. I mean, I played for twenty plus years, yeah. right? But to break the record, you know, I, I mean, needed I needed you. You needed help. You yes, needed help. I needed help. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it would have happened without me. You know, Definitely we, we not. have between us twenty Grand Slam titles. It's crazy. Um, but. <laughs> And, you know, in many ways, you know, we, you know, we're both moving on to something different. And I'd love to know from your side, as, a, as an athlete who's defined yourself as, as something for so long, and the people have defined you as one thing for so long, you've talked about how, how hard the idea of moving on yeah. has been, the, the idea of what you will do when tennis isn't your life. But I've noticed that you've, you've almost seamlessly slid into everything. You know, your, your clothing is everywhere. Your shoes, you know, like one, one of my... That one of my camera guys on the team, Tim, he was telling me, he's like, okay. these are like walking on clouds. You oh, know really? what I mean? No, but you, and you've done everything exceptionally. Your philanthropy, all of the work you've done to help education in Africa. Roger Federer has excelled Thank at you. everything in life. What are you most excited about that won't be tennis related? You know, I'm, the, I feel a little bad at the moment because, I, I mean, it's been super easy transition so far. I yeah. feel really good. I mean, I might fall off the cliff tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I feel really good. And... Uh, the thing is, I've told a lot of people who had so many requests, uh, you know, while I was still playing, like, well, reach out to me when I'm retired. Yes. So they have They've now. Reached out now. And so now <laughs> we've had to say uh, no in a thousand different messages, mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, no, still not, you know. Yes. So I feel bad about saying no, but I think I have to take the time to make the, the, the next move. I'm um, anyway still... Uh, very busy. I mean, I have four children and they mean everything to me. Two sets of twins. Twin boys yeah. that are eight and twin girls that are right. 13. So that needs to be my priority with my wonderful wife, Mirka. And uh, we... <laughs> That's right. She deserves a chair. She does. Mirka's, Mirka's amazing if you've met She's her. Been she really with is. Me every step of the way. So, um, no. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to what's next. I, yeah. I mean, like you said, I have my philanthropy. I have my partners, my sponsors. I have my business. And uh, it's going super well. And um, uh, I don't know. I, 
I want to see how I maybe stay involved in tennis in some shape or form. Yeah. I'm not sure yet how it's going to go because there's not ma that many jobs if you want in tennis, yes. like in maybe in soccer or in golf. I feel like they have oh, many that's more. That's interesting. Yeah, they do. They yeah, do. we are either a coach or a commentator, that's right? It. It's, it's a very, it's two, a very solitary sport, it's very, very small. Yeah. yeah, so I'll have to see, but I will always be open to, to mentor kids and uh, do all that stuff. There so. is one thing that you're doing exceptionally right now, and that is being an ambassador for Swiss tourism. I don't know if you've seen the ads. They're really amazing. No, they really are. Mm -hmm. There's some, some of the funniest ads. You know, you, you did one with Anne Hathaway that was pretty amazing. <laughs> we did, we did, one with did. the role of Robert De Niro was one of my favorites, okay, you know. Thank but you. but I was I was I was intrigued by this because I came to Switzerland for the first time on my comedy tour. Right. I you saw were gracious. Roger reached out, which this is this is the kind of person this this man is. This is Roger Federer. <laughs> the greatest, you know, uh, tennis player who's ever lived, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And I get a, a call when I'm in Switzerland, he goes, I know you're here. Would you like me to maybe, would you like to go for lunch maybe and talk about Switzerland or would you, can I show you around or can I? I'm like, can you? Like, it's so gracious and it's so unassuming. Of, like, it, like, I would expect you for and be like, I know you're here, you're going with me. But no, Roger Ferris like, if you would like, maybe I can, you know. To, it and was, it was great one, to see you. It was amazing. And it your was, show was unbelievable. And you're one the of the best so tour guides of, of Swiss tourism. No, I, I, I learned from you. I put stuff in the show. And so I'd love to know. Th like those, ad those ads were no uh, nerve-wracking because, uh, you know, uh, the good thing with uh, the Robert De Niro one is that, I mean, number one, I can't believe he actually did it, which yes. uh, in itself was a victory. I mean, I'm a huge fan. And, and then he shot his first was during COVID and was right, like right. We're on, a, on, a, on a call together, you know, yeah, like on a video, video call. call. So yes, yeah. he had, has, had done his before. And then I could just act on what he did. Yes, so, yes. And I obviously could do 100 takes if I had to. And it was no pressure and he wasn't around. So, but it, I, I agree. It was actually very creative. And it was a, a, good, a good piece, especially his side. Me, I'm... I not, think you're fantastic. Not, not the best, but then, <laughs> but then Anne Hathaway, on the other hand, she was sitting next to me when yeah. I was uh, doing the, um, uh, the ad. And was that stressful? Yes, that was very stressful <laughs> because I, I hadn't, the, the script had changed a lot of the times yeah. and then I gave up because I knew Anne was doing her magic. And when I showed up, um, the director said, I usually shoot in one piece. I'm like, what do you mean in one piece? Like the it's whole like, thing. Yeah, one take. The and whole then thing. it goes like an action. And literally, I had no idea about any of the lines. <laughs> so they created all these teleprompters for me. So I could read off them. And then the camera would be moving in front of the teleprompter. And, <laughs> and I'd be chasing the text. Anyway, I got better over time. And yes. then Anne was super sweet. She could have been nicer um, to me. And, uh, and then she t tells me at one point towards the end, she's like, you know, Roger, you have improved so much during the shoot. And you're doing so good. You're improvising incredibly well. And I look at her, I was like, you don't have to tell me this. I, I, I don't need to be an actor. I'm not a good actor. And I need you to come home and just say, you know what, Swiss tourism, this was a fun ad. You had a great, a great time. And you don't need to tell me I'm, a, I'm doing well. Right, right. I, it just needs to be good for you. I'm fine. Don't worry. I can be terrible and I'm, I'm okay with but it too. But you were terrible. You were great. Uh, you're so. a great ambassador for Switzerland. You're a great, a great ambassador for the sport of tennis. Thank and you. honestly, you're, you're a great ambassador for human beings. Thank you for everything Thank you've you done. Thank you very much. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, Thank you for taking the time to be Thank here. You. It's an Love honor. being here. Every single person who loves Thank you loves you. Thank you. Thank you. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.